Ken, Chris Stapleton, Pink, 30 Seconds to Mars, David Guetta, Harry Styles. That's just the first night. Fantone, how are you, buddy? I'm pretty good, dude. They call that one all killer, no filler. That's that all right? headliners, no openers, baby. Uh, but no, I'm doing good this morning, man. Uh, yesterday, your boy was out there doing his side hustle, a little Uber driving yesterday, and uh, ran into a pretty interesting character. I, uh, I picked this guy up. Uh, I probably shouldn't say his name, and I probably shouldn't. Well, no, because where he works is going to come out as a part of this story. Um, but he was just like, yo, dude, what's up? And I'm like, nothing. What's up with you, man? You're in a good mood. Like, tell me what's going on in your life. And, you know, some people want to share stories and talk to you as an Uber driver. Sure. Other people shut down and just sit there on their phones and don't want anything to do with you. So usually I can tell, like, well, do you want to talk or do you not want to talk? So I'm like, dude, what's going on with you? What's the story? He's like, dude, I'm just still coming down after Hall of Fame weekend. Absolutely amazing. Starts going into, like, dude, one of the best weekends of my entire life. And I'm like, well, like, what happened? Like, you know, like, what what was so great? Like, you know, you're not, you know, you're not in the Hall of Fame. Like, what happened with you? He's like, oh, I'm the bar manager at Glenmore. And I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah, he killed it. Killed it. Yeah, he had to kill killed it. Killed it. He was like, and I mean, he just excited to talk and, like, wanted to tell me stories about it. And uh, he was like, you know, he's like, you know, David Baker from the Pro Football Hall of Fame called us, you know, weeks ago. This was, you know, a month and a half ago. And we all had to sign, like, non-disclosure. I knew it. Yep. He's I like, knew it. He's like, it was a whole deal. Yeah. Like, I knew He knew about Justin Timberlake coming into town about a month ago, he said. Yeah. So that was kind of the rundown. And I'm like, well, dude, that's awesome. And I'm taking him to Glenmore. So I'm like, awesome. I get to go into Glenmore. Somebody's going to be able to get me to drive around back there. And um, so, I, you know, eventually I ask him, I'm like, well, dude, you know, $16 million party. You guys had to do pretty well, right? And he's like, well, I'll show you what I made. And he's like, I'm just letting you know my bartenders made more than this. And I'm like, okay. And yeah, bartenders will often make more than the manager does. Well, something like that. Especially you know when, you're be- I mean? well, when you're being tipped out. Right, when people are throwing $100 bills in there. Right. And he's, oh, they had to kill. Well, he even said to me, he was like, you know, honestly, some of the pro athletes, not the best tippers, he's like, but the other people at that party, really good tippers. Oh, but I'm sh- yeah, like Timberlake, I'm sure, left a huge tip. He made, and I, I won't say exactly uh, Yeah, what, don't do that. But it would take, Could he pay his mortgage? Uh, it would take it would take three paychecks of mine to get to where he what, what he made that weekend. Three paychecks, bro. A month and a half's worth of work in this studio to get what he made in that weekend. Well, dial down on work. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, I, dude? As a guy who still bartends, that's harder than this. You know what I mean? So, like, let's dial that down. But, but yeah, I take your point. Yeah. Even though we don't make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, we. I mean, we. But it's not like we're poor. You no, know what we I'm do saying? all right. I mean, we, we don't make we don't make the money that we feel we should, but it's not like we're like sitting around. No, we don't make the money the market declares right. that people who right. do what we do should. That's well we what's do. fair Correct. on that. I'm Correct. not gonna I'm not gonna go overboard, but that's the facts of that. Correct. So I uh, oh wow yeah, yeah. I, I well I wish you would have told me half of that story. <laughs> it stands I, uh, like, all right, I'll fill out an I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not in love with all that story. Now here's the part I want to ask you. Yeah. So you got an in at Glenmore? Did you happen to say, <laughs> hey dude, my buddy, my no. buddy? No, I didn't. I didn't want to like push it because he was already offering all this stuff. Dude, if it's an opportunity for me to play a private <laughs> golf course, you always push it. Always push. God, I got to teach this guy every single thing. Six forty-five. We're gonna pass out some WWE tickets. Right. I had a fantastic uh, day yesterday as well. What, uh, what's the story? So I so I got out of here a little early than okay. normal, right? Yesterday, okay. and I didn't feel like playing golf. I couldn't believe it, but I was like, Shocker. you know what? I don't feel like it. 
but I still wanted to be outside because I just can't lay on the couch and watch TV all day. I just can't do it. Like, I just feel like that's a, there's no bigger waste of my time than just like staring at that box. Well, and we've gotten to the point of the year too. It's like nothing's on. Nothing's on. And it's, dude, it's like August and it's like 82 and Better get it in now. Right. If you don't go out there and appreciate a little bit of this weather, you're going to be sitting in there in December like, what the F did I do all summer? So I spent about two hours yesterday hiking around Quail Hollow. Okay. And uh, I, I just really like it. I've been missing Oregon a little bit more and more lately. And again, this is right around the time last year where I went back and visited. So I'm sure that that's part of it. So I've been missing that. So I was like, all right, get some nature in. Like, you kind of need to get this in. And so I spent like two and a half hours out there yesterday hiking through those trails. It was awesome. Stansberry going deep woods, man. Yeah, no, I love there, it. Dude, I miss that kind of stuff. Got the flannel on. Um, I, you know, that's I, the best stuff about a girlfriend because they make you do that kind of stuff and you secretly, you're like, you pretend like you hate it, but then on the way there, you're like, I'm glad somebody's making me do this. Yeah, getting yourself out of your comfort zone. You never would have done that on your own. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think everybody looks back at certain chapters of their life with either rose colored glasses or you just put things on a pedestal. But anything about Oregon in particular, that you're missing? Is it a certain no, somebody? No, I mean, don't get me wrong. Are there people I missed? Sure. Yeah. But I, I, dude, that's a beautiful state. Okay. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, just the beauty is what it, you're It's missing? just okay. good to look at. You All get right. the ocean. All the right. whole place looks like a, like a state park. And so like that, I kind of miss, you know, and, um, if your boy screws around and is able to retire, which I doubt I'll be able no. to do it, no. but, but if I screw around and I'm able to do that, that's where I'm going for sure. If you want to retire, you better go fill out that application at Glenmore today, bro. Today. Speaking of, uh, you know, that, like, I, I, again, as I'm coming out of Quail Hollow yesterday, there's a private golf course right across the street from there, Congress Lakes, and which I, looks fantastic. I'll never be able to play it. And if you're a member, I'll pay you anything you want. I, uh, but every time I go by it, I'm like, man, I wish I could play that. And all I ever think about is, so there's that one. Yeah. There's Glenmore. Yeah. There's one in Maslin, and forgive me, I forget the name of it. And is it is it Brookside? That's that's in Canton. That's private too. So that's four private clubs I know about within side of like 15 miles. Like I can't, or like 20, I guess it would be. Like I can't for the life of me figure out as a guy who plays golf all the time and you go to courses and you're like how are you even open like you don't get enough play to stay open like how is this place surviving for, like keeping four private clubs that close together right. afloat like is there I just, that many golfers there must be money here that I don't know about not only, not I want to be friends with you not only golfers but really right that much money where you have the availability to go and you know because I mean there's plenty of people going up and playing at Tam O'Shan or right. you know, not to knock that but like I mean th- th- but that, that's where you go play th- right that's where you go play right. it, you know, if, if you're John Q. Public, so the fact that there are so many different, well, dude, I mean, you start and Canton is a funny city because I, you know, it definitely has its. It gets warts. its bad rap, but obviously there's some money, some here. money in here. And you think about like you're right, private golf courses and things like that. How many million dollar homes are in Stark County? A lot, a lot of them. And it's just like, well, somebody somewhere is is buying laundering this money, <laughs> dude. You need to be doing it by buying ads on the Stansbury Show because I need to join Congress. Like, I need to join Glenmore. God. Like, dude, that's my caviar dreams. Like, that's how sad my life is. I, that, dude, if, dude if, I, if I hit the lottery, I'm joining the the, the, the the Canton exclusive golf clubs. That's like that's like the caviar dreams of Stansbury. How pathetic is that? You're getting hooked up with WWE tickets. That happens at 6:45. More show right around the corner. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at nine o'clock, we have a piece of audio from Jason Whitlock about the Colin Kaepernick situation that you're gonna want to hear. Like when I heard him say it on TV yesterday, I was like, I can't believe he said that. Like, I was a little shocked by it. We'll run that for you at 9 o'clock.
Also, we'll be getting you hooked up with that trip out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. We're going to do that twice for you this morning. Nice. Once at 8, once at 9. And I'm looking at the second night, Saturday night. You get DJ Khaled, Miley Cyrus, Kings of Leon, Big Sean, Lord, Thomas Rhett, and Kesha. That's pretty good for the second night of that. All-star lineup right there. Yeah, it's pretty All-stars. good there. So 8 o'clock, your first opportunity to win your way out to Las Vegas. So you're going to take your wife. She can cut, you know... Watch Thomas Rhett and you, you can hit the craps table. Oh, dude, you can, you <laughs> That's can, what I'd be doing. Go buy weed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have now legalized the marijuana there. Who cares if you don't like Big Sean? Go get stoned. It'll be you know, fine. I was just reading an article, actually, at uh, from CBS News that was talking about like a, a lot of the people that are selling the legal marijuana there are having problems because a lot of people who want to buy it are tourists. And the thing that makes Nevada's law different is you're not allowed to smoke it anywhere in public. Like, no casinos, no hotels, like, no public place. It's in a private residence is the only place you're allowed to enjoy it. So a lot of people are flying into town and going, well, what are we going to do? Now, if you have a smoking hotel room, you're probably the kind of person who's just yeah. going to smoke the joint right there. Yeah. Now you were, you know, Fantone said to me, well, but maybe even in the rental car. Now, what I will tell you about Las Vegas is you do not want to see a Clark County judge. I'm just telling you, you don't want to do it. So, like, don't be messing around out there when you go out there. Having lived there, you don't want to mess around out there. I, um, I... <laughs> I understand, obviously, that a, a, a public place like a, a casino or a hotel has the prerogative to tell you no. And even more so, you probably have state laws of like, it's no, it's non-smoking marijuana or tobacco. But I, yeah, there I, are now sections in casinos you can smoke in. You can't just like walk the floor and smoke cigarettes anymore. I do see a pretty big, I don't want to say conflict, but like a pretty big issue that there's a product that you can legally buy but you can't legally use like what other product where it's like you can buy this but you can't use it strange yeah that is that 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 is an interesting place marijuana happens to be right now until we figure out what we're going to do overall with it it's very weird just just legalize it god damn it just just do it just can it be like gay marriage and we wake up one day and it's just like here it is I, dude, I, I've told people about the marijuana issue forever. It's been legal in my house for a long time. Like it's, you know, we passed that legislation a long time ago. So it turns out Netflix is uh is is about to lose a lot of its content that I think drives a lot of you to it. All right. And apparently Disney says that it's going to end its partnership with the streaming service altogether coming in 2019. Okay. Now, Disney now is going to launch its own streaming service, which I think, dude, these places have to be careful with this stuff. And they plan to acquire a majority stake in BamTech, which is a major streaming and marketing service. According to a spokesperson, Marvel TV series like Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, The Punisher will continue to live on Netflix for now. But animated series like The Clone Wars, which is a Star Wars product, will move to the Disney app pretty much like right away. Netflix shares fell 5% after hours while Disney slipped about 2%. Disney shares are flat this year despite a major rally in a broader market. I think that the, you got to be careful here. Now, maybe not Disney, but what I don't want to see happen is other smaller companies look and follow suit here because what you don't want is the end consumer needing 16, 17, 18 streaming services to watch everything because guess what? At that point, you might as well just pay your cable bill. You don't want that, but they do. No, what I'm saying, no, because I think you're going to lose viewers. I think the fact that Netflix has become what it is and everybody has it now, Like I think it's something like after 7.30 at night, like 80% of the web traffic 
is like Netflix stuff. Like that's how much of a market share they have. I think that if I were the owner of the product, I would say, you know what? Maybe instead of for instead of not being concerned about how much money we're losing by this not being all ours, let's make sure our product is in front of as many eyes as humanly possible. I think Disney disagrees with that. Well, I, like I said, I think this is all right for Disney. I've, it's the smaller companies who will look to follow suit that I think are going to end up making a huge mistake in this. But isn't that isn't that uh, these concepts of like, well, it's just going to be everyone has their own streaming network where Spike has its own streaming network and FX has its own streaming network. And isn't that what we've always wanted as consumers is, well, let me pick a la carte which, which, which stations I want and which stations I don't want. You know what I mean? Like that's always been the, I only watch five stations I should only have to pay for five stations well this I, is your option i'm an a la carte guy i like that but but we know that not everybody's going to do that right away and so i i like i said disney will be able to survive they own star wars people are going to go to wherever star wars is and pay the money so they can see that I, I, and they own marvel people are going to pay the money to go see that i'm not sure all these other companies will have that i, I agree and they own disney i mean like that's right that's right. really what we're talking about here is those kids programs that's it's not, what's going to drive it it's, all it's, it's not about you and I like, oh, well, I like Star Wars and I like the Luke Cage series, so I'm going to get this Disney thing. It is. It's kids that they're going for. And Disney Moana. Disney kind of, you know, they've set themselves up for this. I mean, they've had the Disney Channel for two ever. decades now, I would say. And if you if you ever have to, if you ever find yourself watching the Disney Channel, their commercials aren't commercials. They're commercials for Disney products. Right. That's all they do is Disney, 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 Disney. You don't see like, oh, well, here's a cereal and here's a toy. No, they have a it's, radio channel. It's, it's Disney, Disney, Disney. Disney, Disney. So, so I, I definitely think you know they're princesses and they're 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 just their kids programming, like you said, like the Star Wars cartoons and stuff like that. It'll carry them over. I do think you're going to see more and more from this from other companies. I think ABC will be. I mean, they already have apps and stuff like that. But I, I think, don't think ABC can stand on its own. Though I think I think you'll see like you'll see the NFL do this, and you will see like I, I again think organizations uh, like across the board who have content will want this option. I again I think the NFL NBA. Can survive doing it because it is live conflict programming. It's competition. You don't know what's going to happen. It's edge of the seat. What's going to happen? Game seven. The that's must see television. I to borrow a term from TV. I don't think people feel that way about scripted TV anymore. I think that if it's available to them on the service that they have that they're willing to pay for, will they will they binge watch the hell out of it? Yeah. I'm not sure a lot of products are driving people to a new piece of something that's going to cost them $15 a month. Like Ozark, I don't think that that's enough. Like that's the show right now everybody loves, right? I don't think that's enough to drive you to another service that you don't already have. Um yeah, and I mean original Disney is. Original programming though is what you see these Netflixes and these Amazon Primes and all these companies they're really putting their all their chips in there is like, all right, well let's do House of Cards and let's do Ozark and let's do all these like network exclusive things. So I think that just it kind of, you know, if 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 you have Modern Family, if you're ABC and that's a Disney company, so I guess we're in a little bit of like, but if you have okay, that's true, but if, yes. If if you if you're CBS and you have The Big Bang Theory and okay. like and like this is the only avenue to get it. No more Hulu 
Hulu, no more Netflix, no more anything of that. I think there's more than enough people who are like, no, NCIS, that's my jam. And if I only have to pay $15 a month to get that, as opposed to having to spend $150 a month to get cable, and I don't even use 95% of those channels, I think people are going to be in. Uh, see, I, I disagree. I think what happens there is is that, will some people be in? Yes, obviously. You're, you're, it's not like NCIS is going to fall off the face of the planet. I, I will agree with you there, but I think what happens there is you get a person like me who is a, has a, some expendable income. I don't have kids. I don't have all this other stuff, right? And I'm still going to sit there and look and go, okay, well, I do like this show, but I like this show more. So, And you're going to pit your own consumers against themselves with what they want instead of like, I feel like most people tell me, yeah, I have Hulu and Netflix and it pretty much has everything I have or everything I need. And so like, I don't need to be moving around. I think once you, first of all, people are creatures that have it. Good luck getting them to leave like... I mean, Netflix is the brand now. Like, if you stream something, it's basically how, like, any MP3 player's called an iPod. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you binge watch something, the first thing you think of when somebody says binge watch, I guarantee you, is that white background with that red lettering that says Netflix. That's the first thing that runs through your mind. Subconsciously, that's how good Netflix has been at their business. And I know Disney can survive outside of it. And I'm sure big, huge, already established brands like the Big Bang Theory, like Fantone says, I think you're right about that. But it's the programming coming up behind that. I would be, I would tell people, be very careful. Just let Netflix be what they are and let them host your work and get your work out in front of as many people as humans. Humanly possible. We'll get you hooked up with those WWE tickets that happens next on Rock 106. Show on Rock 106.9. Holland's ready in the pitch. A swing and a drive. Deep left center. On the run is Blackman. This ball. Gone! God, Hammy's just so good. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. We have WWE tickets. We're going to get you hooked up here shortly. Man, Hammy with the call. I just... <laughs> I, I feel like Northeast Ohio sports fans are a little lucky with him. Like having lived other places, there are guys on the radio that that call games that are not as good as he is. Like he's a talent, that guy. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, I, the way he paints the picture and the way he just kind of like is able to draw you in. Um, you can say there's times when he's over the top, but that's what you're supposed to be, especially well, as like a as as like your team is winning. Like, yeah, you're supposed to be over the top. Dude, dude. people don't understand how much time that is to fill. Like, of course, there's going to be times where they're cheesy or over the top. Or you have, dude, there nothing happens in a baseball game ever. <laughs> nothing. Like, there's hours, literally hours, where there's not a lot of action, and he's there, and he has to keep you glued to it. And he's able to do it. That's an incredibly difficult job. Way uh, harder than here's my opinion on what's in the newspaper. Yo, yeah. Way and, harder. And coming up next, we got a little bit of White's Day. I'm, oh, God, yeah. As far as, like, midday jocks yeah, go, like, I can't even yeah. believe those people still have jobs. No, I mean... <laughs> But, um, you know, the thing with Tom Hamilton, a, 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 an all-time great, at least in my opinion, I, I would love to hear the guys that are better than him. I just want to, you know, I've done this before. I'm going to do it again. These Indians, whether they win or not when it comes to, like, the overall World Series, are they going to make it there or not? They've just made baseball fun again for me, where it's like, dude, for a decade plus, I was just like, dude, who cares? Baseball sucks. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, no, dude, I'll watch games. I will listen to games on the radio. Like, I... Uh, See, again, I sports is hard for me on the radio, and I'm sure my boss hates me saying that. But it, it is. It's just tougher for me on the radio, and baseball uh, would be harder for me. It's just out of the big three, I'm a football, basketball, baseball guy. Like, that's just where I am. I love going to the Tribe games. 
I'll watch them on TV occasionally here and there, but to I'm not a big enough baseball fan to like. Well, if I can catch it on the radio, I'll, I'll at least do that. Oh my god, I'm already being told we we learned how good Hamilton was with how bad Joe Buck was during the World Series. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Everyone, it was the Cubs. Everyone relax. I, I mean, it was the. I, I, yeah, I'm not doing it again. Hubie Brown one time said the Toronto Raptors were doing okay, and everybody lost their right. mind over that. It's it's like, dude, if, if they don't like. If they don't lick the inside of the butt of your team, everybody, everybody thinks then like the national broadcaster's against you. They're not. The national broadcaster's never against you. They're rooting for the story, whatever the good story is, and the Cubs were a better story than the Indians. I'm sorry. It's just true. They are just a better story. And so that's what that's what the national broadcaster is going to do. I don't understand why, dude. Again, I don't know if this is an every fan base thing or if this is an Ohio thing. But Ohio fans, I know for sure, feel attacked at all times. Soft. And here's what I'm going to tell you, dude. Nobody else cares enough about any of us to attack us. None of our teams outside of the Cavs right now. And, and, and I know the Indians are good. We're not threatening the power of any of the sports for anybody to be against us. I know it's a cute slogan for a t-shirt, Ohio versus the world. Nobody is thinking about it that way. Most people Nobody the, outside of Ohio, right? Most people in the country go, Ohio. Where's that? <laughs> uh, Where? That's what happens. As a guy who's lived all their places, that's what happens. It's not everybody versus us. We have created that mentality. I, I don't know why. Apparently, it's because we can't beat anybody on the field. So now it's like it's everybody versus us. 50 plus years of being a joke. You think you'd be cut out of wood. You think you'd be the toughest, most weathered sons of bitches out there. And nobody could hurt your feelings. Nobody could like bring you down. But right. no, Northeast Ohio sports fan, the most the most triggered yeah. bunch of snowflakes like when I, the, on the planet. When I watch Believeland and they try to make it, it's like, oh, there they are with their lunch pails and their resolve and they're just, nobody shakes them. And now it's like everybody's just a snowflake sissy. Joe Buck didn't say the Indians were the greatest team in baseball. He's against us. Click. Um, what? Jan Gums with a very impressive walk-off last night. Uh, I also think it's worth noting, uh, Corey Kluber is just phenomenal. I don't know if he's going to end up winning the Cy Young this year, but last night joined Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez as the only players in MLB history to tally eight strikeouts in 13 consecutive starts. That's Jesus. crazy. First tribe pitcher in 28 years to record back-to-back complete games with 10 or more strikeouts. 12 of his 36 career games with 10 or more strikeouts have come this season. The dude is on fire. I don't know because I don't know the, like, the requirements for this sport for that. Is he a Hall of Famer? I think it's premature to say that because baseball is really, really tough about And long. That. You play forever. Right. And, uh, because is he building a Hall of Fame career, right? That kind of sounds to me like, I, like I, I said, so. I, don't know, I don't know what the metrics for the Baseball Hall of Fame are. But like that, like what you could tell me like what a football guy did. I'd be like, yeah, he'll, he might right. make it. But like a base, I, like I don't know how they do it. So like that sounds to me like he's on the build for a Hall of Fame career. All that sounds right. It sounds impressive to me. Like wow. I said, I don't know if he wins the Cy Young this year, but he's putting together a case. There's no question about it. He's something else, that kid. He Corey is. Kluber. He really is something Not else. Not the worst. You know what I heard about baseball yesterday? What was that? I didn't know this. That socially they're having a problem because most guys were like you, like, ah, eh, baseball, whatever. But they've never made more money than they are right now. Yeah, that's kind of a. 
I don't know how that could be true. If people don't care, how are you making more money? People don't care. People aren't going to games. Uh, Although the, the Indians, I think that what they have like 40,000 people there last week or something. It, that's the exception, though. Let's right. look back a year, the year before that, right. the year before that. The whole story last year is nobody was going. Right. And World Series runs obviously going to change things up there. So, sure. I mean, you look at the, you, you, you look at that. You look at the dwindling interest. You look at the dwindling attendance. You know, Doesn't do and, well on social media. Right. And all those things. But then look at the contracts. Look at the money. I don't know how it happens either, but... The implication I heard yesterday was is that because it's an older person sport and, more mo- and they, and have, they more have more money. money, and so like they're buying more things, they're going. You know but what I mean? Dying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, well, I, don't know. I mean that would definitely be a factor. I mean, there when when running that whole scenario out, that would definitely be mentioned. So you're right about that. I don't know, but I heard that yesterday. I was like, wait a minute. If if the interest is down, how are you making more money than that? Because I'll tell you what, the the NBA's got to figure out how to do that. Because the interest is all time high, but they're not making as much money as they should. It's interesting. Good for baseball. You know what I mean? As, I mean, I always grew up. I mean, I remember growing up. Every guy I knew had a favorite baseball player. Yeah. If I go ask my buddies right now, they all have a favorite football player. They all have a favorite ba- basketball player. If I ask them who their favorite baseball player is, they're gonna go, uh, I don't know. Thirty years ago, baseball was. America's past right? It's just, it's just not that anymore. I just, I, I think honestly, I do think the NFL is now like, and they even have series on it on the NFL Network called this America's Game. I really do feel like that's what the NFL is now. It's just that much bigger, in my opinion. A North Canton school employee is going where he should, jail, and I'll tell you why next on Rock 106. On Rock. 1069. And welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. I apologize about not passing out those WWE tickets. I did not forget. It's just if we don't get out in a certain time, it affects the iHeartRadio listing and that kind of stuff. My boss has been on me about that. I apologize. We will pass those out here shortly. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need on those. I promise you this time I will pass them out. This story coming out of North Canton. Oh, good. A local one. I'm sure this is a positive, uplifting story that the community can rally around. Well, way to shoot me in the foot, Dick, as uh, the high school swim coach in Stark County is uh, in jail on accusations he sexually assaulted two former students, Hoover High, so, uh, Hoover High swim coach and English teacher, Matt, uh, Matt Johnson, faces felony charges of sexual battery, according to the Canton Repository. The allegations are connected to a pair of 16-year-old girls on the swim team back in 2006 and 2008. Uh, I don't hear anybody talking about, uh, I wish they had teachers like that when I was in school. Right. The repository reports that Johnson was a coach at Hoover for roughly 15 seasons as a, and is in the Stark County Swimming and uh, Diving Hall of Fame. Wow, wow. I didn't even know we had those, but there they are. Yeah, I know there's a um, a Stark County like athletic Hall of Fame where they have each different individual sport. Yeah, so makes like sense. I'm, the most places do. Sure, yeah. it's, it's, I think it's right on market as you go past like CSE. It's on the right hand side. There. I just feel like in every high school in this in this whole county that if you don't play football, every athlete just gets pushed down in the hallway. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's the way I feel. I hate to be laughing during a story where I'm telling you about a guy who's sexually assaulted or is accused of sexually assaulting two 16 year old girls. You know what I mean? We're not laughing about that. But. No. And, you know, I, I've made this joke plenty of times about Jackson where it's like, dude, you guys won a state championship in both baseball and basketball in the same year, and nobody cares here because he didn't win football. Like, nobody cares. There about is some truth to that. There is some truth to that. This is a very good baseball community, too, though. It's a, I, from what I've been uh, hearing, there's a lot of good baseball here. Um, this is obviously alarming if you're a parent who who has uh, sent your children there because again, it's not just the swim coach. It, it is also is somebody who had access to. Mo- I would assume most students being a, a, a you know an English teacher as well. Uh, this is, I mean, do, where can you send your kids now? I mean, 
like nowhere. I'm this. All of this stuff was happening when I was in school yes. too, but you weren't hearing about it, so it didn't feel like it was everywhere. And again, like normally when a parent hears this story. It's like, well, out of Des Moines, Iowa, and you go, okay, well, yeah, that story's messed up. I can't believe that happened to that poor kid. But when it's in your own backyard, now all of a sudden it sets with it sits with you all day. Like this could be happening to my kid right now. Now, you know, this is you going into kind of a perfect world or at least a hypothetical situation of like, would you rather know and have it on the front page of, of Facebook and Twitter and all that? Or is it like, nah, ignorance was bliss. I would just rather stick my head in the sand. Well, I mean, ignorance is a great option on a lot of worldly problems that you can't fix, but you're talking about sexually assaulting my kids, right. so I want to know. Right. At that point, I need to know. It, this it, isn't like, you know, this isn't foreign policy. This is like my 11th grader. You know what I mean? Um, yes, yes. And this is definitely one of those things where if I feel like if you are a parent, you're going to have a different perspective on this than, you know, For necessarily sure. you and I here. Probably um, same opinion. You're just going to feel stronger in it. Now, I mean, I know you're just reading off the article here, but like, yeah, is there's there not any, a is lot there, of info. No information on whether this was. Now, I, I, I'm putting this in quotes because I don't believe this exists, but a quote unquote consensual relationship, or was this him, you know, groping them or or raping them? I mean, I listen. You can't let me say what you wanted comment. to say a little bit better. Matt Fantone does not believe that that a 16 year old and a 40 year old man can have a consensual Cannot. relationship. Cannot. But sometimes they're listed as that because the. the because the teenager feels as if they were a willing participant. And that's what you wanted to know. I'm not being told that in any, I'm reading both at news5cleveland.com and wkyc.com. Okay. Neither one of those articles have that part of the story listed. Because that will change the story in the public perception as well. Like, remember when that guy uh, teacher like kidnapped that girl and they ran away and they lived in that California Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. It was about a month ago, yeah, right? A month, two months ago. And the fact that she willingly went with him, a lot of people turned that into, oh, what a little tramp and blah, 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 blah. I mean, Jeez, it, really? It, it, well, I don't it, remember that. Totally changes the dynamic for a lot of people. So it, it'll just be interesting to see as more and more of this comes out kind of what the what the particulars were but even if this even if this turns into like no both these girls felt like they wanted to sleep with this teacher or whatever wanted to to have some sort of a relationship which with can them. happen but but you are an adult they're the adult you you're supposed to know adult. better right you have to know better behave better act better and not only are you an adult but you're an adult in a position of power and I don't know what I don't know what colleges or or, or you know school dish are going to have to start doing, but we've got to come up with a solution for this, dude. We cannot continue to have adults banging teenagers. Everybody always knocks me for my solution. Everybody always tells me we can't do my solution, but my solution to this is you start paying teachers what doctors make and you start getting better applicants for the job. And on top of that, if you do it, then you can be really, really choosy on who you put in the classroom. A doctor never effed an underage patient. All right, that's fair. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. I, I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if throwing yeah. money at the problem is going to be enough to, like, I mean, every time perfect. somebody goes under anesthetic, there's always some OBGYN right. that's, you know what I mean, right. diddling somebody. Yeah, I, I guess maybe my solution puts a dent in it. Well, I guess, I mean, nothing's going to eradicate a problem like this. I mean, it's there are people who are sexual weirdos and it's sexual, like, criminals. I, I think, would it... Would it reduce it? I do believe that. I still believe my solution reduces it. I, I think there has to be very clear consequences for these actions. I think they need to be severe. Um, and I think they also 
when you decide like, hey, I'm going to be an educator in life, and it's sad that this is the case, but like there needs to be like a an evaluation and maybe even a training of like when you are doing your student teaching or before I guess you even get into student teaching, you have to make it very clear that like this behavior is acceptable, this behavior is not, and these are the consequences when you cross that line. It would help. The problem is, is sooner or later it's a slippery slope and you start going further and further and further and sooner or later we're going to be having the conversation. If you've ever been treated for depression, should you be able to teach America's youth? That's where that conversation goes. And I don't know if America's ready to get real about all of that, especially with the education. Because on some level, you don't really know what your kids are being taught in school. You're just thankful somebody's teaching them something. And honestly, that they're out of your hair for eight hours. <laughs> like, that's kind of what happens, right? Like, so I, I, I do agree with you. It would help. It's going to take multiple things. It's not right. going to be one. It's not one silver bullet that's going to fix this problem. I, um... You know, I'm sure there's listeners of the program who are listening right now who have had this dude in class. I would like to know, did you always get kind of that creepy feeling of like, oh, he was inappropriate with younger chicks? Or is this like a, oh my God, I the, never would have expected that. The, I, I think the problem now is, is that I think you're going to have people who are going to tell you that because it's in the news. Much like I always say about this, as soon as you hear about somebody being guilty of this, they look guilty. Like, look at this photo of, the, of Matt Johnson. He looks like a guy that guilty. touches your kids. But because I know that's what he was arrested for. You know what I mean? So I know a bunch of students who had this guy are going to reach out to us on Twitter and be like, yeah, I always knew. But did you always know? Or is it in the story now? And you feel like, you know what I mean? You want to be part of it. I, I, I don't know there. Where were these teachers when I was in school? Where right. were these teachers when I was in school? Nobody's no, saying nobody. that today. Nobody. Nobody's saying that today. You're right. There's a huge double standard in this country with that. WWE rolls back into town October 7th at the Canton Civic Center. We're going to put you in what is the third row today? Wednesday, third row, buddy. Third row today you get. We'll take caller 25, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Guys, we may be headed for bad times. 73% of women are unhappy about something between the two sexes. I'll tell you what it is next on The Stansberry Show. Your time is up, my time is now. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9 just got somebody hooked up with a pair of WWE tickets. You know what else is coming to town? Actually, this uh, a week from today, Micro Championship Wrestling heads back to Busbin on the 16th nice. of August. Yeah, that'll be a good time. That'll be good times. And then you're doing what? Ohio Championship Wrestling Saturday night. This Saturday night, it is, uh, it is, it's a big one, dude. Uh, Juice Jennings, Agent Orange, taking on Dark Star Matt Taylor. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a sellout show. If you want tickets, ocwrestling.net. We'll get y'all hooked up there. WWE, I mean, and wrestling as a whole, I feel like it's coming back, dude. And your boy's excited about it. Well, look at everything else that's happening in this country. <laughs> Why wouldn't Gene Short Nation take Exactly. <laughs> Congratulations, idiot. You hate everything else about that, but because wrestling's going to be cool, fans, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll sell out my country for yeah, wrestling. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Walmarters rejoice. You know, I remember in one of Dave Chappelle's old stand-up routines, he had said that women complain chivalry is dead, and mm-hmm. yeah, bitches killed it. And uh, and his whole thing was back then is that women were throwing sexuality around too much, and that's what kind of ruined like the value of women. Okay, that was like his take. 
73% of women polled recently said that chivalry is dead. Now, I think chivalry is dead now for a completely different reason. And it's because now some things that were considered to be chivalrous back in the day are, well, you're mansplaining it to me. Or you don't think I can do this by myself and you think I need a man to do it. And so, like, men are kind of always in this place of, well, I don't know. Like, if I do this, is it going to be, like, if I hold the door for you, am I nice? Or am I, or am I a chauvinistic pig that doesn't think you can push the door? I think that's part of why chivalry is dying right now. So they, they gave me a list here of the types of chivalry women actually like. Okay. Supporting them on a diet and not eating unhealthy in front of them, 58% of them felt that was chivalrous. That's just being a good partner to somebody. If if you're if 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 she's if you're trying to lose weight and she's just sitting there sucking down tacos, dude, how tough is that going to be for you? Very hard. I mean, the same thing. If, if if you're trying to quit smoking cigarettes, that's just being a good partner, right? If you, if you try to keep right. smoking cigarettes or quit smoking cigarettes and she keeps cheaping them out in front of you, you're gonna you're gonna break. Letting you listen to your iHeartRadio playlist over his. 50, ah. 59% of women found that to be chivalrous. You got a little ding there. I like it. Um, are you, uh, you know, you're in the car with somebody that you're dating. Are you... Going I'm to, going to let her listen to what she wants while she sitting wants. there wishing that we were listening to what I wanted. Are, are, so you're going to say, like, yeah, go ahead and pick out whatever you want? Now, if, if we're talking about six-hour car ride, we're going to go back and forth. Yeah. If we're taking ten minutes to go to Walmart on Tusk, yeah, honey, put the pl- plug in your phone. I don't care what we listen to for the 10 minutes. Okay. As a matter of fact, given what I do for a living, I don't want to pick. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I do, I, the last thing I care about is what's on the goddamn radio. Trust me. And let's That's be, the last thing I care well, about. Let's be real. Stansberry would have picked Adele, too, so it's not like, you know, it's not that much of a, of a challenge for you. She turned... <laughs> she turned the rain into fire, dude. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Rain into You're fire. Right. All some other things women felt were chivalrous. Letting you choose, letting her choose what's on the Netflix versus you, 64%. Giving up your seat on the train, 66%. Now that is chivalry. If you're sitting down and a woman, or, and a woman is standing up, like that was something that would make my mother crazy if I didn't do that. So like, it, that's to me is chivalry. Now maybe I'm wrong, but like if I'm sitting on a public transit and like I'm sitting and a woman standing, I should stand up and let her sit. So chivalry has nothing to do with the intent of sleeping with somebody. It's not, not always. Okay. I, 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 it it's just... also known as respect and kindness and those kinds of things. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. It just... I mean, I guess a lot of times if you're going to get up and let a woman sit down, maybe you're trying to pick her up. That's what I was going to say. And maybe it's like, are. Should you do that for everybody or is it just women? I mean. I, I tend to look at the person in the situation, right? If you're an old man, I'm probably going to get up and let you sit down too. But if you're my age and you're standing up and I'm sitting down, you're a man. You're standing. Young, able-bodied woman, younger than you, obviously fitter than you. Are you gonna? Are you gonna be See, like? Hey, I still seat? probably do that. And this is what I'm talking about. I think this is where people are gonna get hung up on this because I think there are a lot of women who are gonna go. What? I don't have to sit down. What do you think? I'm so dainty. I have to sit down. But this is where men are at an impasse you, because there are women who feel that way, and then there are women who are gonna look you on the train and be like, "Damn, you pig, stand up and let me sit down." Would you do that with a 25 year old man, better shape than you? No, like you? I said, I, 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 what's the difference? I mean, just because I, she's a woman, we have have been kind of at least in my generation we were we were taught to respect women in a different way than we were taught to respect a man now that's perceived now as doting over and making and forcing you into the gender role of being weaker than me which i don't believe that's what it is i i just don't i just don't understand extending it to 
one person who's in that situation as opposed to another. It's like, well... I do treat women differently in those situations than I do men. Whether it's right or wrong, I will admit that I do that. Turning off your phone during dinner at the dinner table while on a date, 78% of women said that's chivalrous. See, that is sad to me because that's not really chivalry. That's just being, again, decent. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect you to turn your phone off. Like, I get that. But, you know, even if you're sitting there with a friend with no intentions of sleeping together, a same-sex friend, I mean, to sit there on your phone the entire time, it's just rude. Is It is rude. It is rude. They say that uh, women find sending you sending them a quick text throughout the day, 80% of them find that to be chivalrous. That's sad, too, because who doesn't just send texts back and forth throughout the day now? That's pretty much how we all communicate. Nobody waits for dinner to tell you how their day went. Everybody tells you exactly what's going on in their day as it's happening. Not canceling date plans last minute, 82% of women found that to be chivalrous. Jeez, making sure you get home safely, 83%. Now, again, I do believe that kind of falls under this guideline. That shows that you care about them when they're not with you. It's always so weird with the, hey, did you make it home safe? Like, you'll only send that after she left your house. And it's like, dude, I've been driving my entire life. I could have died on the way home. But it, 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 I mean, and that's it's like when people say when you're leaving, be safe. Oh, thanks. I've been meaning to try that. <laughs> right. I've been meaning to get around to that. <laughs> Call when you say you will. 84, this was the top response. Call when you say you will. 84% of women say that, that, that that's the type of chivalry that they like. It's delivering on your promises. And whether it's a call or it's, hey, like they said, like like keeping date plans or anything like that. Like once you commit to something, once you make like, hey, this is what we're doing, keeping up with that, making sure that you, you, you come good on your end of the bargain there. Yeah, that, of course that should be. You know what's not anywhere in here? Open the car door for me. Hold the door open for me when we're walking into a public place. That's not anywhere in here. That's crazy. Like, I'm a car door opener. Like, if I like you and we're entering into a relationship, I'm that guy. I walk to the car door. I open it for you. I want you to get you in. I just do that. Right? And now, do women will look at you like you're insane when you do it. When they realize what you're doing, some of them are like, oh, that's pretty nice. But it does look antiquated to a lot of them. And they're like, oh, I didn't even realize people still did that. It feels antiquated. I don't think I've ever done that in my entire life. I love. I don't know. There's something about it. I, I, it was like something my dad made me do for my grandmother every time we went and picked her up to go do anything. And it just became habit. It just became one of those things that I was raised to do. And it just has stuck with me in my life. And this calling when you say you will, I didn't realize how big of a deal this was, but I'm a communicator by trade. So like, I'm, it's not tough in a relationship to get like my opinion or me to talk to you or my feelings out of me. Like, I'm probably going to do that more than she will. But I remember my last girlfriend, Callie saying to me, like, she's like, I, what I like about you is there's no wonderment. She's like, you, she's like, when you go to the golf course and tell me, Hey, I'm about to tee off. I'm going to shut my phone off. So if you text me and I don't get back, this is why she's like, you never leave me wondering what's going on. You're very above board. And that puts me at ease. And I just think a lot of people are bad about communicating because they don't think that it's disrespectful not to tell that person what's going on. But sometimes it can be but i think chivalry has partially died because some women think it's what you should do and other women feel like that's you holding them down and it's like well how do i decide what to do so more often than not you end up not doing anything but 73 percent of women saying most of chivalry is dead a lot of you loved one particular tv show and i guess fox is about to revamp it we'll tell you what that is next on rock 106 dan show on rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock is your first opportunity to win your way out to Las Vegas for a trip for two for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Huge lineup. Coldplay, The Weeknd, Chris Stapleton, Pink, 30 Seconds to Mars, David Guetta, Harry Styles, all part of it. That's just night one. 
DJ Khaled also, Miley Cyrus, Kings of Leon, Big Sean, Lord, Thomas Rhett, plenty others. We'll send you out to Vegas, 8 a.m. this morning. So Fox has had um, early conversations, just exploratory-type conversations about reviving a television show that apparently was pretty big for them. Ran from 97 to 2009, 250 episodes. It's a now, long run for anyone. That's a long run for a TV show. I always felt like this show was a little overrated, but people seem to really like King of the Hill. And I did enjoy it. It's not that I did not enjoy it, but I always felt like it was a little overrated. But Dana Walden, CEO, Fox Television Group, says we have talked to Mike Judge and Greg Daniels about reviving the animated comedy King of the Hill. She says, we would like to explore that. We had early conversations given what's going on in the country. They had a point of view about how those characters would respond to it. She says, but again, it was one meeting, then I hope to revisit. The meeting was about two months ago, and Mike Judge, obviously busy working on Silicon Valley, and Greg Daniels apparently does uh, some show for TBS um, called People of Earth. Yeah, I've seen commercials for that, and it looks funny. I haven't, like, sat down and watched that yet, though. Which, I, you know, it does kind of look good, so maybe I should uh, spend some time this afternoon. I had a different opinion when I saw the, when I saw the commercial for I haven't watched the show either. It could be hilarious, but when I saw the commercial, I was like, yeah, not for me. This, to me, speaks more about TV doesn't have any more ideas left versus, oh, well, given what, because Hank Hill was conservative, well, let's get this back on the TV because of what's going on now. I, this, to me, feels like nobody has an idea that's worth putting on screen anymore. Um... Yeah, I know what you mean, and you know, but I think we're in the era of that, and 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 you you can be right there. That doesn't mean that you know that's going to stop these reboots and these in these you know remakes and the million different you know movies we've seen a hundred times that they're like, no, you should watch this again. Um, I was I was a King of the Hill fan. Um, I, uh, I I I think that it would probably make it back and be right where it was supposed to be. Like Mike Judge, creator Beavis and Butthead, as well did this with Beavis and Butthead about five years ago where they it had... didn't really work. Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah, I really fizzled. did. I, they, they, planned, they only planned on doing one year. Like, that was the thing, is they had one year of that, and they were that's all Oh, is that doing. right? Yeah, I was, just thought it went away. No, it was a one season. Like, oh, I didn't know that. We're coming back and doing this for one year, and, and, and that's what I would say if you're going to do that, do it like that. Do King of the Hill for one more year. Don't try to make it like, hey, we're going to do, uh, you know, all new episodes. Do ten episodes, and you're done. I worry with that, though, what you're going to do is Revive a brand people like, and then you're gonna risk making them mad with it. In the sense of you revive this just to ruin it, and then and now your history and your place in television can be ruined. I'd be worried about that if I was Mike Judge, especially since he's got a great show on HBO right now called Silicon Valley that's doing pretty well. Um, when when Beavis and Butthead did come back, they did a good job of modernizing it without changing anything, and I think you'd have to do that. You can't come in there and try to like revamp the characters and like reintroduce everything it has to be like it never went off air i agree there you are but what he's also going to have to realize and i'm sure they both still work in television so they obviously do know this but like there were jokes in the first three seasons of king of the hill you could never make today i don't know 
know, dude. I feel like I, I feel like that show was never that ballsy. It was never that edgy. It was a little bit like vanilla for a reason. I bet if you go back there, dude, there's going to be some stuff that people today on Twitter would consider to be transphobic. There's going to be some things back there that were considered to be homophobic that ran on that show that in that era did not seem tawdry, but today would. I think a lot of those brands have to be careful. As a member, I was talking about this with the Sopranos yesterday. They were talking about building a border wall on that show, and they could because that's what everybody wanted. Because after night in 2006, that's what the country wanted. You wanted a border wall. And that's why the Sopranos could do that. And I think a lot of these shows that want to come back out of the woodwork now, you got to go back through your scripts and realize a lot of that stuff that your audience loved is not going to fly today because you get everybody's live reaction, not how they actually feel about it, how they feel about it the moment they heard it. And that's a dangerous place for television writers to live. I also think this speaks to there's just not a lot of good ideas to put on TV right now, which is why I spend most of my time going, why am I still all this time paying for cable when I don't watch anything on it. But I'm sure a lot of you are going to be happy about this. I wasn't a huge fan. I will definitely watch it when it, it, if they revive it. I will definitely watch it, but this isn't the thing that makes me go, oh, yes, thank God. If you could revive any one TV show, what's it going to be? Um, I'm going to go with Unsolved Mysteries. I feel like that would be something that you could bring back and something that you, know, you could introduce new things into and it wouldn't necessarily feel... So uh, done. You know what I mean? I am. I'm. I'm not watching a lot of scripted television right now. I'm, like, I'm all hooked on nature shows right now. It's like all I've been watching for a month. But I. Uh, I floated this idea last week, and I think I'm right about it. If I were HBO, I wouldn't revive The Sopranos. I would do the prequel. I would show how Tony Soprano became Tony Soprano. Take me back to the '70s. Show me and meeting Carmela. That whole thing. Getting that whole thing. I think that would be an interesting take. And the mafia world always plays. People are always interested in those kind of stories. I think that is what I would do if I could choose anything. We're going to get you hooked up with a trip to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival that happens after Pearl Jam on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show, Rock 106.9. Your another shot at the, uh, the iHeartRadio Music Festival trip to Vegas will happen at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. Just sent somebody, sent somebody else, top of the 9 a.m. hour. That continues all day, by the way. We don't stop that until 8 p.m. So be downloading iHeartRadio. Be listening to Rock 106.9 when you're way out to Las Vegas. There is a new study that's come out that says there is a new, not new, but there is another condition that is worse for your health than obesity. And most of us have it. Loneliness, they say, is deadlier than obesity and should be considered to be a public health risk, the experts say. Those with bad social connections, Fantone, have a 50% increased risk of early death compared to those with good social connections. That's a review of the studies on loneliness uh, suggest. Researchers in the U.S. looked at 218 different studies on the health effects of loneliness and social isolation. They discovered that social isolation raised a person's risk of death by half compared to obesity which raised it just 30%. So 20% more risk of early death. 
significant. I mean, it's not like we're talking about like a 1% difference. No, 20% of anything's a lot. Yeah. Dr. Julianne Holt-Lunstead, lead author and professor of psychology at Brigham Young University, said being connected to others socially is widely considered a fundamental human need. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that separates us from the animals, right? I mean, isn't that kind of yes. the thing is, 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 is you need that in your life? Being connected to others socially is widely considered to be a fundamental human need, she said, crucial to both well-being and survival. A recent survey by Grandset, the over 50 social networking site, found that almost three quarters of older people are lonely and most have never spoken to someone about how they feel. They said that about 70% said that their close friends and family would be surprised to find out they were lonely. And I would this is agree. older people they're yeah. talking about. Okay. The over 50s okay. social networking site is where they, they okay. is who did the study. Okay. This part of the study, anyway. And. I, I'm going to guess that this is true of people who are under the age of 52. The amount of people, I, I bet most people, if they were going to be honest with themselves, which is the hardest part of any of this kind of stuff, if they were going to be honest with themselves and were not worried about being judged by their answers, would admit that they feel lonely more often than they ever let on. This is why people cheat. Is because yeah. you feel alone in your relationship with the person you're in a relationship it's, with. This is why people go to bars. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like there's there's an industry based on like, well, you don't want to just sit here and do this by yourself. Right. Now, I am a person who's alone. I have always said, I've, I've pointed people to that scene in Heat where Robert De Niro says, I'm alone, yes, but I'm not lonely. And I've always pointed people to that that because that's kind of how I felt. But if I'm going to be honest with you, as I always try to be... Do I suffer bouts of loneliness? Of course. I'm a human being. I'm I'm susceptible to all right. emotion and feeling. Right. So am I are there times where I'm lonely? Yes. Are there things that I don't do that I would like to because you feel as if that's a partnered activity? Yes. There are mo- like yesterday. I spent 2 hours walking around Quail Hollow. And I saw couples doing it. And I was like, "Yeah, see, that would be a good day." But then again, I saw a guy an hour later who had a dog, and I was like, well, if I just got a dog, I'd be walking him in here, and that would be fine for me, too. But that's what a lot of people do, is they get a pet to stop their loneliness. And I don't think that that's enough. I think human yeah. on human is the best way to go. I, I would agree. Human on human is the way to go. 100% stands very show approved right there. Um, I think this is why people are in terrible relationships for such a long time, too. My buddy always says that the fear of being alone far outweighs the fear of being with the wrong person for most people. And I agree. My buddy Marty always says that, and I think he's right about it. The last thing, you know, and you brought up older people at the beginning of this, like the last thing you want to be is to be 70 years old and just alone. I feel like most people think of that and like, oh my God, what a terrible, terrible way to end your life. Yeah, a lot of people do feel like that. People ask me about that all the time. What are you going to do when you get older? I'm going to die. That's what I'm going to do. But I do worry about this with my mom. My mom, my dad died 15 years ago, I think it is now. So it's been a while. Okay. And since then, she has moved to Las Vegas to live with my brother and his wife. Well, and thank God that she right. has that. And like, thank God that, that your, your brother's family was willing to take that on, because if not, you, she'd totally be in a bad place. Oh, right yeah. She, yeah, poor, poor place. Like the poor house. Or, or maybe she would have been 
more inclined or felt more compelled to or maybe even felt like it was a necessity to bring somebody else into her life. And yeah. I'm not saying it's like a lover. I'm just saying like... But if she did, I would hope that she did that because she wanted to, not of a necessity. So I kind of like the fact that she has okay. my brother to lean on that way. Okay. That way she doesn't have to be with somebody she doesn't really want to be with just so she can live inside. And... My mom has always said, you know, Dan, I'm not going to get married again. I, I was married. I had my husband. That's the husband I wanted. That's the husband I had. That's the husband I needed. And I've always said that to me borders on sweet and sad. Like, I don't yeah. know where it really lies there. And I worry sometimes that my mom has not opened herself up to dating another man or being married again because of how... I, and more importantly, how my brother is going to perceive it. I worry about that. Do you not think that when it comes to loneliness, can that only be combated by a lover? And I'm not saying like a sexual partner. I'm just saying like a boyfriend, girlfriend, love situation there. Or can family and friends kind of fill that gap for you? Well, a lot of people with family and friends here are saying that their friends and family would be shocked to find out they feel lonely. So I guess by that data, I'm I'm to draw the conclusion that a partner is what really lets this loose or what really will stop you from being really lonely. Now, they all live in the same house. Right. And I I mean, my mom's got her granddaughter, Grace, to like kind of keep her right. occupied. But again, I just worry that that's not enough of a, uh, of a connection. Um, the thing I'm going to say about that is, though, is that how many people are in a relationship with a lover, whether it's her husband, spouse, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, and still continue to feel lonely. So I think it's going to be a combination of both things. Oh, yeah. Probably for every individual, it's going to be a little different. Like, can I fill this I, void? One person needs more of column A versus right. less of column B. And then, the, yeah, the next concoction would be different for the next human being. You're right about that. I just, I really do worry that my mom has, like, because I don't even... I don't know this for sure, but I don't even think my mom date. Like, I don't even think my mom's been out on a date since my dad died. Like, I'm not sure there's... I think there was one guy who was kind of, like, sniffing around, like, my... Like, my brother had been... Like, this was years and years ago. And he actually, like... I mean, this is is my brother. And he was like, there's a gentleman caller coming around (laughs) about mom. And that's the way he described it to me. And I just... If she wants to be with somebody and isn't because she's worried we're going to think she's disgracing the memory of my father, I honestly, that I don't regret a lot of what I do. If, that, if I find that out to be true, I will have regretted that. That in some way that we as children did not communicate to her enough that it's like, yeah, we love dad, but he's dead. He ain't coming back. So if you want to find somebody else, do it. Like, I... I hope See, that's not about us. But, I really do. But by saying, like, if you want to, like, I'm sure she perceives that as, like, oh, this is something that I want to do. And, like, well, no, I don't want to because, you know, Dean was the love of my life. It's a complex thing. It really it is. is. I mean, it, it is. It, 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 there's, I don't think there's, like, a, a, an easy answer to this. Um, I, uh, I can tell you I'm just happy for my family to be different for every family. As much as I revered my father, and I did, if you listen to the show, I think you can pick that up pretty easily, but I'm happy for my family he died first. I always thought my dad was the stronger of the two, right. but had my mom gone, if this would have my dad would have died before. He would already be done. He would not be, my, would he been the guy who dies like a week after his wife? No, but he wouldn't have made it 15 years without my mom. There's no way. No way. 
Yeah, I just kind loved of, her I mean, through and through. Not that I'm gonna not be that like, she doesn't love him, but you know, it, it, I just think my dad wouldn't have been as strong as my mom has been. I I, I understand where where your point is there, and of like looking down the field at my parents, that's probably the way that I would think that it's best. But like, you, you don't get to necessarily pick. If you would have asked me now, again, this is 15 years ago, so I'm a different person too. Now, obviously, I've learned a lot more about life as you get older and this and that. But like, if you would have asked me while my parents were alive, I would have voted the other way. I would have said no way. My, my, we need my dad. He's the patriarch of the family. He's the breadwinner. He's all this. He's all that. But at the end of the day, my brother and I would have to, like, we honestly, it would be like check on dad to make sure he's eating. Right. Like, that's how right. bad it would have got. Well, and I guess that's an important kind of note to close this conversation out with is like, if you do have a loved one that's older in a retirement home or living by themselves, Reach out, Visit. go right, and I mean, Visit. like, it's not like it's not like Stansberry and I are the best sons on the face of the planet or anything like that. I'm gonna call like, my mom today, though. I feel a little compelled to be like, Grandma, what's up? How are you? You know what I'm saying? So, every, while my dad's mom was alive, every Sunday, my girlfriend and I—this was years and years ago—but every Sunday, my girlfriend and I, who I was dating at the time, would go and play cards with my grandmother Sunday afternoons. It's what I did. It's just part of how my dad raised me to like love his mom. I uh, I have all four of my grandparents still alive. That's a lucky at, situation. At Thirty-three, dude. It's 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 crazy. That's rare. Well, that's what happens when everybody has kids when they're eighteen. When you have like three generations in a row that have kids at seventeen, I eighteen, guess, eight, like I never really did the math on your family. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, aside from like me and my brother bucked the trend. The fact that I don't have kids, they kind of look at me like, what? What, what do you mean? <laughs> like, have you been tested? Do you know that those things are working down there? Um. But, you know, it, it, it is. It, it really is like you hear stuff like this and you eventually are going to be your grandpa. You are. It, it, God willing, you are. You're going to live long enough to be him and you're going to want your little punk ass grandkids to come see you. Yeah, you are. So you got to go see your grandpa today. I would can. agree. I would agree. David Griffin, former Cavs GM, has a really interesting take on the Kyrie Irving LeBron James situation. And I think he would know. And he, everybody's out there calling Kyrie a coward, and and and, uh, and all these other stuff. David Griffin's taking a completely different view on this. We'll let you take a listen to what he had to say. That's next on the Stansberry Show. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, it's Stansberry here for the Wakeham Auto family. It was about four months ago I bought a pre-owned car from Wakeham and I absolutely love my Honda Accord. Currently, right now, on the Wakeham Auto Mile at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin, Wakeham has put a huge portion of their pre-owned cars on sale. Right now, you can get a 2014 Kia Forte. I'm talking $8,200. Four brand new tires on it, 36 highway miles per gallon, Bluetooth, USB port, alloy wheels, one owner, and a clean history, white paint, black interior. That 2014 Kia Forte, just $8,200 on the Wakeham Auto Mile. If you're looking for a 2014 Nissan Rogue, they rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Nine o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. You'll be able to check out DJ Khaled, Miley Cyrus, Chris Stapleton, Pink, 30 Seconds to Mars, Harry Styles as well, Coldplay too. Next opportunity, 9 a.m. on Rock 106.9. I got legal weed out there too, so if you're like, what? Who? What? Stansberry, what are you talking about? Just Again, man. Don't get high. Vegas has got a weird law though, like... In other places, like Colorado, there's public places you can smoke the marijuana that you bought legally. Vegas has done this differently. Like, you can legally buy it, but you're only allowed to smoke it in a private residence. Not hotels, not the casino, like nowhere else. And so what a lot of the proprietors of the stores are worried about is a lot of their business is going to be tourists. 
because that's oh, yeah, what Vegas yeah, is. Yeah. It's a tourist attraction. So that is going to put you in a weird spot. But again, if, you, if you're planning on going out there, I, as a guy who's lived there, I'll tell you this. If you get a smoking hotel room, nobody's going to care that you smoked a joint in that hotel room. It's Las Vegas. I mean, it's just... You can't walk down the street and do it because Vegas got weird drug laws. Like they're gonna, they're, I mean, dude, and a Clark County judge is gonna throw the book at you. Trust me. Should you be able to walk down the street and smoke? I don't know. I um, I mean, I mean, you dude, smoke a cigarette. Yeah, but but less and less places. And you know, people complain about secondhand smoke with nicotine, and and like what can happen with that? And, and I would imagine you can get a contact buzz from somebody smoking a joint next to you, right? Um. Yeah, I just feel like uh, yes. I don't you know, know about businesses that. Businesses obviously have the prerogative to say no. You're not allowed to smoke cigarettes here. You're not allowed to smoke cigarettes in our parking lot or anything like that. But I just feel like, dude, if I'm in a park, if I'm in a public place, if I'm walking down the street, I, I don't know. I just don't. I, I, I don't. I think you should be able to. It's a legal product, right? I mean, alcohol is too, and there's restrictions on that. But in Vegas, you can walk around and drink booze. Yeah, but you can't do that here. Although you can downtown. Right. And, like, that's the thing. is Now, should cities be able to say, like, hey, designated areas like a park, you're not allowed to do that. I have no problem with that. But when it comes to, like... like even if they legalize marijuana, you're not going to be able to smoke it at the Browns game. We all know that. No, like, you're not going to be able to sit no. in your section and, like, smoke joints. <sighs> should there be a joint smoking section oh, at the I, I, mean, I wonder if they'll not? just put you in the cigarette smoking section, right? I, why not? I, I don't That's interesting. That is. That's interesting. I don't know. I um, I I understand. I guess maybe this is what I, how I want to leave this. I would enjoy it if you were able to walk down the street and be able to do that. But I understand people who are hesitant on legalizing marijuana. Why that aspect of that would worry them, and I think that some of those reasons for concern are warranted. Um, yes, you're asking for way too much. If you're like, you know what, legalize weed and I get to smoke it wherever I want, dude, you're... you're you got to inch down the field on this. Right, you're asking for way too much right out of the gate, but I think end game, I think like when it's all said and done, I don't know, I feel like you should be able to smoke pot out in public. But my kids, I know that's the, I know that's the, the response, but I... I don't know if that's enough. All right, put a condom on next time, idiot. Why'd you have kids? That's a fair point. Right? I want to get to this David Griffin thing. All right. Because I think David Griffin's taking the same line I did with the Kyrie Irving, LeBron James thing. And everybody's knocking Kyrie Irving for wanting to leave. And we don't know what his motivation is. So I don't know how people are knocking him. I, I know on the surface it looks like you're going to leave the best basketball player in the game. What are you, crazy? But there might be other stuff. And I've said, I think this is all about LeBron James. And when I I know when Durant left Westbrook, everybody knocked Westbrook. Oh, Westbrook drove Kevin Durant out of Oklahoma City. And nobody's saying that about LeBron and Kyrie Irving. I know LeBron takes heat, but he never seems to take the heat for things he should. But, like, Russell Russell Westbrook genuinely put his needs before the needs of the team. LeBron James hasn't done that. He's an easier ball player to play with on the court. I I will admit that. But but I think there are things that can happen with a personality off the court that could make Kyrie. I still maintain this is all about a woman. This is all about a woman Kyrie wanted, and LeBron couldn't keep his hands to himself. I'm the only person telling you that, and I'm sticking with that until somebody shows 
shows me proof it's something else. Until it's proof of something else, I'm sticking with that. And I'm telling you, I just think people are giving LeBron a pass on this, especially here, because you want him to win you another title. But but so If this was going on in Miami, you'd be blaming LeBron so if, for if it. If it's not an on-the-court thing, as sports fans, like you don't know that to be proof that this was something about a woman. I don't. But so like, then why would I be mad at LeBron about something that's unproven when it comes to the things that I can prove that his okay. on-court performance... You don't have it, to be mad about it. I don't like the fact that nobody's willing to suggest the idea other than me that this that what is happening is a LeBron problem. But what there's been is dis, there? There's been problems everywhere he's been. He was here the first time, problems with Mike Brown, problems with management, and he had to go. Went to Miami, problems with Spolstra, then he ends up having problems with Pat Riley. Comes back here, problems with Gilbert, problems with, with Kyrie Irving. At some point, bro, it's you. It's not everybody else. It's you. And I don't, and it's David Griffin, a guy who has a unique situation, a unique view into this problem since he was there for this, actually kind of, it sounds like if you listen to him, agrees with me that this is all comes back to it being a LeBron issue. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. What's the best solution here between Kyrie and the Cavs? Well, I think Kyrie's going to end up getting traded. Um, but I think what, what Ron was saying is really unfair to Kyrie. Talking about Ron Harper, who said that it was a, a an ignorant move of youth and arrogance or something. Yeah, he, he, a lot of the old players don't like, like the mobility because they didn't have it. I don't think this is youth and ignorance. This is a guy who handled this situation exactly like he was supposed to. He went to Dan Gilbert privately, told him that he thought he would be happier somewhere else. The absolute worst thing this guy could have done was pretend to be all in and sink the ship from within. Most it's guys true. don't have the courage to do right. what he did. So that's not youth and ignorance. That's, that's a little bit more courage than people give him credit for. And this is a guy whose list included really good coaching situations. Right. Brad Stevens and Popovich. This is the guy who recruited LeBron Hayward and a host of other free agents when he decided to sign and stay in Cleveland. And all of a sudden, LeBron came back. Right. So he was sold a totally different situation than he's actually in, and he worked very well in. He won a championship in, and, and I see this as him looking for a fit for himself now to, to take the next step in his career. Now, I will say, I think Kyrie's doing this wrong. I think telling other teams, like, look, I'm not going to sign a long-term deal even if I get traded, I think that's wrong. I, I think I also think he's leaving too early. I, th- I think your best opportunity to win a title is going to be with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you can make more money with the Cavs. So for me, it's on the surface, it seems crazy what he's doing. And that's why I think even more so, when it doesn't make sense, it has to point to something else. And nobody, nobody is going, none of this makes sense. What's LeBron's role in it? Nobody's doing that, and I can't for the life of me figure out why. I guess it's the lack of uh, what what has he done? I mean, like, show me what he's done. He's given Kyrie more shots. He's given Kyrie more points. He's given the, all the opportunity in the world on the basketball court to be the man. He has. Like, he's, he's, he's he took more shots last year than Steph Curry did. Than Steph Curry. So right. I mean, the, 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 he took more shots in the entire season than anybody else did. He, so like, it's not production on the. I remember saying it when this story broke. It wasn't that because I had that stat then. So that's why I think it all. That's why it has to be a personal situation between these two. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out why the fan base and the local media is all like, Kyrie's an idiot, and nobody's going, well, maybe, though, since there's problems everywhere LeBron goes, maybe this is a LeBron problem. I can't, for the life of me, figure out why nobody do you, but me is do doing that. you think he banged Pat, 
are Spolster's girlfriend? Do you think he banged Pat Riley's girlfriend? What I, happened there? I think that those are court issues. That that doesn't necessarily mean that this has to be a court issue. So, I mean, so it is. But he's a problem to be around. He's hard to be around. He's demanding, and he wants everything to be his. And I think that that might be hard for Kyrie. I think he's making the wrong decision. I do. I think no matter what the problem is here, you try to put it aside and you play well. But here's what everybody else is saying about this: is LeBron wants to play GM when it's time to like sign J.R. Smith to a contract that's way too long. It's time. It's he wants to play GM and all this and all these other issues. Now here you go. There's a huge issue, and he's staying hands off, tweeting about don't let people ride your waves and stuff. He's not doing anything to help it. So it, I could make the argument that if you're not going to do anything to help it, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And LeBron, I'm telling you, with this Kyrie issue, you are part of the problem. More Stansberry Show next. Hang on. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I hate to go backwards, but earlier in the program, we were talking about Vegas's problem with marijuana. They won't let you smoke it anywhere <laughs> publicly. This guy's like, it's because it's not a legal product and they are afraid of the federal banking issues. They don't let you smoke cigarettes walking through the casino floor either, and that has nothing to do with Newport can't put their money in the bank. It's about not being it's about being respectful to the other person walking down the hallway with you, and other people don't want to smell smoke as they're dropping off hundreds of thousands of dollars in the casino. That's what it's about. It's not about they're they can't they're afraid of being cut off from the bank. That's what you think is stopping Vegas with weed. Well, I I think that there's plenty of reputable businesses, and I guess we're getting into a weird place when we call casinos a reputable business, but like I'm sure there is a little bit of like, dude, if we allow this to happen and this turns into a federal case where like, you know, the feds come in and say, yo, the MGM grand is allowing marijuana. I'm saying if they were allowed to put the money in the banks tomorrow, the casino's still not going to let you smoke weed walking through it because it's about somebody walking next to you who doesn't smoke marijuana the same way it is with cigarettes. You got to keep the issue about the issue. I know everybody loves the offshoot. The issue is the issue. Unbelievable. Everybody just always wants to take me off the side of what it of what's really happening. Luckily, I have laser-like focus. Laser-like. Do lasers have good focus? I don't know. I, don't I would hope so, as I'm claiming to be one right now. Women have come out, apparently thousands of them, and have listed their biggest turnoffs in men. Right. Or I guess maybe even just the you know uh, somebody that they're willing to date. I guess it doesn't necessarily say here, man. Right. Unsolicited D picks were the number one thing. Shocker! Who would have ever guessed that? Guys, I don't know when we're gonna figure this out, but it was it was Seinfeld on his show who had once said, "A woman's body's like a piece of art. It's beautiful. A man's body's like a jeep. It's forgetting around." And that's exact. I mean, I've never heard a better analogy of the sexes than that in my life because that's true. Now, maybe I feel that way because I'm a man, right? And so the the uh, uh, you know the male figure doesn't turn me on, right? Okay, but I would agree that overall, there's more truth in that Seinfeld statement than there is you know uh, you know fallacy. So right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely the perspective of you being, you know, a heterosexual man of like, well, of course that makes sense to me. Um, Although I can admit when I'm a guy's good looking. 
and I wonder if, you know, if you are a stud muffin with a beautiful looking penis, if you are going to have more success with unsolicited D-picks. I doubt it because I just don't think. But and I wonder. I it, think your penis has to be freakishly large for for an unsolicited pick to get a decent reaction. Or, you know, I just feel like, you know, good looking D, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they would appreciate that What constitutes that a good looking D? You know. A, a, Not so many veins? You know, a, a decent amount of veininess. Um, your pubic area, the, the, the care of that um the length to width gir- or like like that ratio is probably important when it comes to the attractiveness of a p um i wonder does this problem exist in the gay community as much as it does in the heterosexual yes, community? Yes, because they're over-sexualized from what I hear. And is it is it? But is it like a problem? Like if you're a gay dude, you know, in the situation that a female is getting unsolicited D-picks, or is it like, oh my god, dude? Thank s- God I'm getting all stop. these D-picks. Well, right. Is it stop sending these, or is it is it? The problem is either one of those answers. People are going to tell you you're using stereotypes to come up with the answer there. That's the problem. Yeah, because like I would assume that men, you just want naked pictures of the person you're attracted to so it's like whether i'm gay or not dude yeah dude i want to see you naked but then at the same time if you're getting unsolicited d-pics because guys are pervs gay or straight they're, they're, they're perverted and they're gonna they're gonna send pictures of their penis to you i i wonder i'm sure there's somebody gay out there listening right now tweet in tell us if you're getting a lot of d-pics dude I uh, I my guess is yes because you hear about like grinder and like yeah. all that stuff like nobody ever noticed gay dudes never complain about how those how those uh, hookup sites have become you know all about people actually trying to find real relationships like it's still like we're down to bang in this public bathroom meet us here. <sighs> I, I wonder if I wonder if that's perception and like well I, I don't know I'm not checking like gaynews.com or anything like that I wonder I, I, I wonder book where market. the book rea- <laughs> market I wonder where the reality lies there I don't I don't know on that a, a couple of other things on the list here and I was surprised about this one these are uh, you know biggest turnoffs for women overly complex facial hair okay now I thought women had been all about the beard. For the like the last two, that's all I've been okay. hearing about. If your girl, if your boyfriend doesn't have a beard, you have a girlfriend, right? Isn't that yeah. what every mud flap on every F one fifty in the county now says? Yeah, yeah, right. So like, I thought women were all about the beard right now. Well, is a beard overly complex? What is what the, the you gotta have the Raleigh fingers? That's exactly, overly- exactly. Is it like a handlebar mustache? Okay, dude, we get it. Put You're up cool. your dick. right? But that like hipster but, thing. But having like an actual beard that's not overly complex. That's just what you grow on your face. Okay. Um, All right, I uh, I don't know if they were like dreads or like what was well, happening. Well, and then you got to think like dudes with chin straps; those are a thing. And is that overly complex? Is that a thing? If you have like a goat, is that overly complex? Is a Fu Manchu overly complex? I I, I don't know where that line. is. I wish I would have seen the definition on overly complex facial hair. I uh, I'm glad that I live in the world of stubble, and that's where I want to be for the Me rest too. of my life. I'm never going to like shave with a razor, and I don't think. I'll probably every winter I like pretend like I grow a beard. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. You get halfway there but, and then you give but up. But what it is is it's just like, well, I don't have to shave and I'm not going to shave. It's not me growing a beard. It's just me being lazy. I'll shave with the razor every now and again because like sometimes I'll just grab my face and be like it just feels kind of greasy because all the hair. I don't remember the last time I shaved with a razor. Like I honestly, I don't even have like shaving cream and razors in my house. I just bought it. I just like it was like two months ago. I just I was like I wanted to start over from scratch. I was like I'm shaving all the way down. And I did it, but it's it's more rare for me than it is not. Another big turnoff for women, and guys, you gotta get this mixture right, All right. was too much cologne. Okay. And that can ruin you. 
Like, as a matter of fact, it was a woman. It was in this building. There's a saleswoman here who, I, who I'm friendly with. And she came into work the other day, and I was like, honey, you put way too much of that on. It kind of smells like a French whorehouse in here. Like, certain people just don't have that nose for that. Like, I don't even own a bottle of cologne right now, I don't think. Right. Like, I just don't. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a well, you gold bond down below. You use deodorant for the armpits there, and then you shower regularly. I just don't own a bottle. I ran out, and I just haven't bought another one. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I you have. You should have it. I, I have, like, I don't know, like a bottle of Axe or something, I bet. But, but it I, feels like very 80s, the cologne thing to me. Yeah, especially if you, like, have an actual bottle of, like, cool water, and you're like, pss, 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 pss. Um, I, I, I agree with you that smelling like nothing is really what you should be going for. Natural pheromone. And just, you know, just smelling like, like. A little bit like my laundry detergent, a little bit more like my smoke or my soap. I smell clean, but I don't smell like anything. I remember the one day you made me feel all good about myself. Fanta, yeah. I, was, I was here before you and you came in. You're like, Stansbury, man, you smell really good. I was like, nice. I thought we were going to cuddle and we didn't. <laughs> no, Stansbury's like, dude, man, I thought I, I thought I, I, I cleaned up before I came in. Dude, if I'm smelling like post-show, pre-show, there's going to be a problem. That's like, what I thought I'm, you meant. No, you smell good, dude, like cologne. That's, what I, thought, that's what I thought you meant. So Jason Whitlock said something that I can't believe. Oh, I'm sure if, if I check blogs, people are going to be overreacting. But he said something yesterday on Speak for Yourself on Fox sports that I thought was going to get a lot of pushback. We'll play you what Jason Whitlock had to say about Colin Kaepernick. That's next on Rock 106. This rock station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com and can be heard everywhere via iHeartRadio. Your next opportunity at a trip for two to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival happens at 10 a.m. this morning. I was on the couch yesterday watching television, and I heard coming from my TV a statement about this Colin Kaepernick issue. If you don't know, the people have like organized like a protest outside of NFL headquarters in New York for August 23rd, okay. basically to say, look, NFL, you have to step in here and make sure one of these owners give this guy a second chance or give this guy a job. Okay. They feel as if he's being blackballed, as if this is a concerted effort by the NFL to keep Colin Kaepernick out of the league. I, uh, Before we even get any further, I will say I don't believe that to be true. I believe that we just haven't seen the situation in which he fits come open as of yet. I don't believe this is guys getting together and making sure a guy's run out of the league. I don't buy that. I could be wrong, but I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities for the NFL owners to have... There's only 32 of them. Right. It's a, one conference call could happen. They're all, it could. They're all billionaires. Right. And, like, let's be Small real. Small club. Right. They Probably all know one another. 100%. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for them to have done this. I don't know if I necessarily think that it has. I don't think that that's what this is. I really don't. And... Before we play you what Jason Whitlock has to say, I will say I heard Rob Parker the other day on TV from Fox Sports say this, and I thought it was interesting. He says, you know, everybody always goes, well, I'm getting fan mail from my fans who say they're not going to buy tickets. And everybody uses that as an excuse not to bring Kaepernick onto the field. And he says, well, what about the black fans who go to the games? What about the black fans that feel like he's telling the truth and we buy tickets, we buy food, we watch the games, and nobody's caring about that? And to be honest with Rob Parker, he's kind of right about that. 
Everybody kind of says, oh, well, fans are going to be mad, and nobody ever breaks down the divide and, and who's going to be mad versus who not. I thought that was an interesting point by Rob Barker. Now, it's not necessarily fair to say that all black people support Colin Kaepernick. No, I'm willing to bet a lot of the older uh, generation might not. It's not necessarily fair to say that like it's exclusively white people that are, are writing in here, but I take his point, and I'm not going to argue with it. No, I think that there is some legitimacy to his point, right? So they're organizing this protest outside of the NFL headquarters for Colin Kaepernick. It's on the 23rd. I thought it was funny that the poster that they tweeted out about it spelled his name wrong. As the the whole thing's like a rally for him. He's so important. It's a rally for him. And yet, he's so important, you didn't spell his name right. And I think that that's kind of funny. But at this point, I'm kind of rooting for this kid. I kind of want to, as a guy who didn't think he could play all that well, I, I, I kind of want to see him get a team and win a Super Bowl. Because, like, what better end of the story? How, how Hollywood is that? Well, and at the very least, we'll have plenty to talk about. America exactly. will lose its mind if that happens, dude. I'm telling you right now, people are going to freak out. So I was watching Speak for Yourself on, on FS1, and Jason Whitlock is not afraid to ruffle feathers. And Some might even say that's kind of what he plans on doing. <laughs> like, yeah, like anybody, like anybody else. And I heard him say something yesterday about the Colin Kaepernick protest that's going to happen on the 23rd outside of NFL headquarters that I couldn't believe I heard. And I reached, I keep a notepad on my coffee table in case I'm seeing something on TV and I want to make a note of it for tomorrow's show. And the moment I heard him say it, I grabbed my notepad and wrote it down. Here's what Jason Whitlock had to say. I have long been on the they're hurting. He's talking about the supporters of Kaepernick are hurting his cause, but he's starting to reverse his position, and here's the rest of it. But now, as I dig further into this and look where this is headed, I actually think they're helping him. I think (laughs) this will sound crazy when I first say it. You'll think about it tonight, and you'll see I'm right. This is a shakedown. This is an Al Sharpton racial shakedown of the NFL, and they are trying through public pressure, through rallies, through everything, give this guy a roster spot and give him the contract he wants. That's what all this is about. Reinstall. It's a shakedown. It's, this is Colin Kaepernick is the Tawana Brawley of the NFL. That's what he is. I, we saw there was that was a fictionalized story, a fictionalized narrative that Al Sharpton used. It ended up blowing up in his face. All right, so admittingly, we here at the Stansbury Show, Fantone and I both didn't remember the Tawana Brawley story. We didn't remember. So we looked it up, and it turns out it was an African-American woman who had claimed she had been raped by multiple white men. Turns out it was not true. Okay. And it was like Al Sharpton called everybody to action over that. And I guess, dude, if you thought somebody was really raped, you probably should, right? So I don't really, I'm not going to take Sharpton to the woodshed for that. I'm not. That felt like a weird analogy. Like, I understand, I guess, that like... Well, I think his point is, is that Cap's not being treated unfairly because of the protest, that it's about the, the right situation for him hasn't come up yet, and yet his supporters are making it about this. So to me, the analogy holds. I, 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 I just feel like it's a leap to say like a job as a quarterback versus like false rape allegations. Where I just feel like that's okay. It, it, there, there's there's false analogy there to me. There. Okay, is. I can give you that. Um, I I, th- I think it being a motive racially and Al Sharpton feeding on the blood of that. I think that part of it holds up. Okay, I, I, somewhere in the middle there. Um, I I. I 
you know, nobody's entitled a second chance. Nobody's entitled to be a quarterback. It's not your right. If for whatever reason, the NFL decides not, you know, the NFL owners decide not to give you a job. It's not your right. I, I, I'll agree with that. I just feel like at this point, people who are like, well, it's not what it's even about. It's like, well, then what is this all about? And, and, and you can say, well, he's not a very good quarterback, but numbers disagree with you. And at this point, I, you know, you can't separate the two. I just feel like trying to say that, like, no, this is 100% based on gameplay. Not true. Now, is it 100% no, it's not. based on, 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 on the protest? On the, no. On the owners being racist? No. No, but both those things are. It's, he's obviously, there have been teams who needed a quarterback situation filled and did not want to bring in the drama that is Colin Kaepernick. Of course that was part of it. Of of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, both starters and backups, when it comes to quarterback rating, Colin Kaepernick in 12th place. That's ahead of Joe Flacco. That's ahead of Matt Stafford. That's ahead of Alex Smith. When it comes to completion percentage, uh, he's in 22nd place. That's ahead of Eli, Andrew Luck, and Cam Newton. When it comes to touchdown versus interceptions, he's in 8th place, which is ahead of uh, Ryan, Breeze, and Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben Roethlisberger okay. raped the chick. Well, there we go, though. But that math, that's, d- dude, again, that last example, you should have used that one first, not last. That last example proves to me that those numbers don't mean anything. The eye test tells me Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback than than Colin Kaepernick. Now, the eye test tells me Breeze is a better quarterback. Is quarterback rating or any one thing enough to be like, nope, this is it. You're the best quarterback on the face of the planet. No, it's a multifaceted thing. But there's three different examples of very important stats with four quarterbacks that, that, that offensive coordinators do look at. Right. I mean, it's let's not let's not pretend like the like, no, completion no, no. percentage doesn't matter. It's totally part of it. That's why people knock Cam Newton because he's a 52 percent passer. So I mean, with all those things being said, you can't just say, well, he's not good enough, and that's the end of the story. No, I think the... I, look, I think the narrative not good enough to play in the NFL needs to die. I, I will say, I he's not the first guy I would pick. Even no. like before the Afro, before the protest, before any of that stuff, I... Look, look, I've been saying for months, I saw Colin Kaepernick play at Nevada. My brother and I went to, to see him play at Nevada, and you could see it there. He didn't really have it, right? And he had his best year under Jim Harbaugh. After Jim Harbaugh, the thing kind of falls apart. He won one game last year. And I think that the people in the media who are saying this are right about it, which is you're looking at this dude as a backup. And there's too much story and not enough player for my backup. And I also think you're going to put owners in a weird situation where if your starter struggles and you don't put him in, now you're racist because you won't put him in even though you signed him. So, so... Right? So Colin Kaepernick is going to be a coach firer wherever he goes next. So he... It's too much story for a backup. Kneeling during the National Anthem and the, 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 the controversy that surrounds it, it's too much for a backup. But like... Dog fighting wasn't too much for a starter. Rape wasn't too much for a starter. Dude, the league's been... This is what the pro sports are. If you can get it done, we're going to look the other way. And the perception... That's why I don't so think it's... I, that's why I don't think it's the protest. I think this is football guys who even look at numbers like that feel like the guy can't get it done. Again, I will point to the Jay Glazer report. Two months before the protesting even started, he's aloof in the locker room. Teammates don't like him, and he's not coachable. Those are three things that are going to take an offensive coordinator and have him use the dry eraser to take your name off the board. It's just true. And I guess that's a sad state of affairs where where that's, an, that's too much, but a rapist, it's like, 
like, well, whatever. Well, that's a different conversation. That's, I mean, dude, welcome to pro sports. That's the way it is. If you can play, you're getting your ass back on the field. And that's why I feel like if somebody really thought Kaepernick can help him, and he might have got that Dolphins job had he not wore the T-shirt in Miami, making that a big hot-button issue down there. But I think Kaepernick will be on a team, and I cannot sit here a day before the Browns preseason game and say that best best quarterback on the Browns if you brought him in tomorrow. He would be the best quarterback on the Browns for sure. I think he needs to land in the right situation for scheme and how his game is played. He's not a pocket passer. He's not. He is a mobile move, extend the play quarterback. And I think he works in Carolina. I think he'd be a great Cam Newton backup. Because again, Cam's so charismatic and he's also African American himself that there's not, you're not going to rush to put Kaepernick on the field. If you bring Kaepernick to an unstable situation situation like the Browns, you're going to be hearing screams for him from the stands. Nobody's going to tell you you should start Colin Kaepernick over Cam Newton. That is the perp. For me, Carolina is a great place for him to go. Seattle would be another good place to go. Their offensive line's a little shaky. Russell's a little mobile himself. I think you need to look at situations where his football game would translate to the field. It's not going to fit every situation. He's not going to work in Green Bay. Because Green Bay needs Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball far down the field, push the ball down the field. That's not what Kaepernick is known to do. He does have a big arm, but that's not what he's known to do. I, uh, I, I think it, this is obviously multifaceted. I think the people that are out there saying this has nothing to do with the protest, you're in denial. It obviously has something to do with it. I just don't think it's the overall driving factor. I'll also say that Kaepernick's girlfriend out there calling NFL owners slave owners is not the right way to go about getting a job. It's not. When I didn't have this job, if I was out there telling everybody iHeartMedia was a bunch of slave owners, you think they were going to hire me? No. But now that we have this job... I won't I won't no, equate what we do to that. I will not do that. I will not do that. Let's save this job. It's the only thing we have, bro. But America, you've done it. You've now flipped me on the Kaepernick story. Now I want the kid to get a job, and I want him to win a Super Bowl and shut you all up. That's what I want now. What a great story for the NFL. Your airline travel is about to change significantly. The idea that is being proposed, you're going to say there's no way that could happen. And in five years, I'm telling you it will. That's next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Win your way out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That happens at the top of the 10 a.m. hour. Pretty good list up there. Yeah, it is pretty good list. You got Coldplay, The Weeknd, Chris Stapleton. 30 Seconds to Mars. Kings of Leon. I should just start lying about the rock bands that are going to play. <laughs> I was going to say, can you tell they gave us a list and said, hey, idiots, quit pretending like you know who's there. Here's who's actually there. <laughs> I'll tell you the thing I do think is weird is that there's a daytime village yeah. presented by Capital One. And Halsey's playing that. And I thought she was a bigger deal than that. Like, she's all over Twitter. She's all, I mean, people talk to me about Halsey all the time. Like, I thought she would have been, I don't know, like the headliner. She's an on-the-verge artist. Brought oh. to you by iHeartMedia. Um, she's... I thought she had already made it. She has She has more radio so- songs on the radio right now than any of those people you just listed. But I just don't think she, her star has really, like, pinnacled yet. So next okay. year, you'll probably see her in a headlining spot. I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, look she's, at that. She's pretty good. I mean, She's I, not bad. I, dude, I despise. Her, but really? she's pretty successful in this moment, right? You now. despise Halsey? Oh, she sounds awful, dude. It's this new, it's this new like 
breathy sound that that female singers have. It's her, that Alicia Cara, that Cabela, I don't know who that is. That Cabela Camaro. You've heard of? You I might, know those songs. I don't know them. Yeah, people. you've heard those songs. Okay. And it's just I, that dude, you just spoke French to me. I haven't heard either <laughs> one of those people. It's just like I don't know. This like uh, Ariana Grande. I feel like kind of started it, but it's like this like breathy like uh, I don't know. I just don't think the sound. Hmm. It sounds to me like what you're explaining, and I don't know if I'm right about this, but it sounds to me like like sexy schoolgirlish. Le- I'd say less sexy, more like I'm an artist. Where like you know, Britney Spears was like, "No, I'm just a hot chick up here. Look right. at me doing this." It's more like take me seriously. Yeah, it's more that, oh, and it's yeah. just like I, I don't. I yeah, can't. I bet that I'm is sorry. annoying. I'm sorry, but that is annoying. So before the break, we were talking about this Colin Kaepernick protest that's going to happen outside of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, not the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, the <laughs> NFL headquarters. Sorry. Do not bring and, uh, that to Canton, Ohio. We don't need that. And I'm glad you played this because I took a piece. I don't want to call it hate mail, but it was observational mail. All right. And it's from a guy who listens to the show every day, and I know he does because he writes in every single day to tell, talk to me about what we're talking about. Thank you. So Frank is a dedicated listener. He says, I love your show, but I take a lot of disrespect when you guys talk over the national anthem. It drives me nuts when people do that. And I've had my hand over my heart since you started playing it. And so I said to him, I was like, look, man, it's just so we to drive home the conversation of what it is we're talking about. People check in and check out of the radio. So when you say Kaepernick and then you got that running in the background, people kind of know what it is you're talking about. So it's kind of one of those things radio does to help you keep up with what we're doing. But I, I forgot that some people really do take the national anthem as like that seriously, no matter where it's being played, no matter what it is. Like you have said, I remember when, when the protests first started happening. That people that don't stand up at home when it's on the TV for the football game shouldn't complain about what Kaepernick's doing right. on the field for it. Right. And this is kind of, he. I guess the Frank's one of those. Well, and there's consistency. And, like, Frank, I think you have a more valid point than most people when it comes to this argument. And yeah, he is not a Kaepernick fan. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. And it was this was before the Kaepernick thing started. I remember I went to an Indians game. And this is before Kaepernick. This is before the Kaepernick okay. thing blew up. It might have been happening, but before it became, like, national The national story. story. Um, I was at an Indians game last year. And I'm standing there waiting in line for, like, you know, hot dog or nachos or something like that. I know the national anthem is about to start. I get out of line. I go stand so I can, like, go look at the flag and, like, kind of be a part of it. Dude, there's people on their phones. There's people still eating nachos. There's people, like... And like, listen, that's wrong. Your prerogative to do so. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not the judge, jury, and executioner I'm not going to do of it. life. But right, I, I mean, I got out of line so I could go stand. Other people just stood in line while All it right. was like, if I'm in the stadium and it's happening. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to remove my hat. I'm going to show the respect that it deserves. But I can't lie. If I'm in line and I'm next in line, am I jumping out of line to go do that? I'm probably not. So, like, I, I mean, in, in Frank's opinion, I guess that kind of makes you right? just as bad as Colin Kaepernick, I right? guess it would, yeah. You're insulting the national anthem. You're not paying it the due, the due that it's deserved right there. So, like... That's a standard I don't think most human beings could live up to. Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying. I, I, not that it's right or wrong. I'm saying I don't think most of us could live up to that standard. But, yes, they want to take issue with what Kaepernick did. There's hypocrisy in that like there isn't anything else. I would never sit down during the national anthem. I would never, never. be disrespectful. Never. But I have to support other people's prerogative to do so. You know what sitting down during the national anthem feels like? It feels like when you're when you're coming out of puberty and you know that you're like coming into your own formidable opinions and you're smart and you feel like you got it all figured out and I don't have to do that. I don't have to stand. It's free country. I can sit. That feels to me like one of those things where it's like I'm not quite an adult but I'm not still like a kid. You're in that middle zone and it's like this is how I'm going to exert my adulthood. And that to me feels like one of those. 
And I understand that coming from the perspective of where you come from, I just think there's other people who have different experiences in life where they might not necessarily feel that same sense oh, yeah, of, I know. of oh, American sure. pride. Well, try somewhere else and then tell me you don't have American pride first. Well, but if you try somewhere else, you can't do anything to change it. America, you can do something to change it. You can speak out. You can sit down. You can protest. You can rally. You can vote. So that, And you can have nothing come out of it like Kaepernick. Well, but at, least, but at least you have the opportunity to do so, and that's what makes America great. This whole, like, go somewhere else and, do, and see what happens there. I'm You're just right. saying that's what's terrible about those countries. That is why America is a better place, because you can do that. Right, and I think what people are saying is, is that you gotta, even though that, yes, America has has its issues and its problems that you still ultimately have to be thankful for where you are because there are places and not all that far away that are much, much, much worse. And I think sometimes that that gets lost in the Twitter narrative of how effing screwed up America is. Is there places that are better? My guess would have to be yes. So with that being said... I don't believe America's the greatest nation in the world anymore. saying, Saying that like... Well, you can't be sad because other people have it worse means you can't be happy because other people have it better. No, you can be sad in your situation. But the narrative is is that America's like this horrible, awful place, and it's still ultimately one of the countries in the world that gives you a huge leg up no matter who you are. Being second or third in America is still better than being first in most other places. And again, like... You know, I was thinking about this yesterday. I wanted to get to this airline travel thing. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. But I, since we're on this, let me say this. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, people, they get hung up on, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. It's America, I'm freedom. Guys, this country does not give you freedom. America does not give you freedom. Your alarm clock goes off every Monday morning because of how not free you are. Money gives you freedom. Also, freedom is not solely an American thing. A lot of countries in the world have freedom. Money is what makes you free. The more money you have, the less responsibility, the less responsibility you have to another person. It's the money that makes you free, not the borders of this country. We'll close out the program next on Rock 1069. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. And if you're a licensed medical insurance agent, Truebridge, a Trasact company, wants to hire you. Truebridge in North Canton is looking for caring people that want to help seniors understand their medical care options and choose the plan that's best for them. Rock 106.9. Holland's ready in the pitch. A swing and a drive, deep left center, on the run is Blackman, this ball, gone! I swear to God, I want to have me call on my funeral. That's, that's what I want. As, dude, as the ball bearers, all 15 of you pick up the casket, <laughs> I, I want Hammy making the call. That's what I want. Nearing the end of the program, win your way out to Las Vegas at the top of the 10 a.m. hour for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Check out Coldplay, The Weeknd, Chris Stapleton, and more. Your next opportunity happens at 10, then we'll do it again at 11, all the way up until 8 o'clock this evening. That happens every single day on Rock 106.9. Fantone, I got myself in a little bit of trouble here. All right. Um, this is radio, so most people can't see me, but you have been able to see me all day. I and I came to work today, what is what you refer to always as course ready. Oh, dude, he's out. He's ready. Go get out there and start swinging him. I'm, uh, dude, got a nice pair of gray shorts on. Yeah. A little yellow uh, golf tee or, yeah. or, or uh, golf polo there. A little white belt. Looking the part. Yeah. 
And that's because I woke up thinking, you know what? It's Wednesday. The weather's going to be nice. I'm going to go play a little golf. Why not? Skipped yesterday. Didn't do it. It's like, right. let's get back out there. Let's play today. Right. right? And I forgot that I scheduled a lunch at noon. So I double booked myself. So I got guys waiting at the golf course who are like, you know, or will be waiting at the golf course, like like four of them, like, dude, I thought we were supposed to play. And then I'm, I'm having lunch with, uh, with this lovely young lady at noon who wanted to try the crush house at Jabasi, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pass that up. I want to go to that. So I'm, uh, I'm double booked. I don't know what, what, a, what a predicament. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I don't, I, I, I don't know what to do right now. Well, you already dressed for the golf game. I would assume if you're going to go out on a date, you're gonna have to. Uh, Go home and get changed, right? I wouldn't necessarily call it a date, and okay. I feel like this is proper attire for a, for a, for a lunch. Okay, I you know, listen. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's like, oh my god, dude, you're wearing sweatpants. What are you doing at the crush house? <laughs> but it's just a little bit like it's obviously golf clothes. It is. It's obviously golf clothes. Yeah, I notice everybody in the building always says somebody's playing golf today. Uh, like well, every I time mean, I dress like this. Well, anytime you don't dress like that, it's not like it's not like you wear a comparable outfit every day. It's like if 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 you're dressed like that, you're obviously golfing. Um, so not a date situation this afternoon. Sort of, kind of, maybe. I don't. You've just been taking a lot of selfies today, so I thought maybe you'd be sending them to her or something. Like no, that. not her. Okay, all right. But I, just, I, 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 I asked a couple of different women about the okay. shirt that I'm wearing while I was buying it. Like, well, why, why is he while I was mulling, all right. So I was mulling the decision over whether or not I should buy this shirt, and I sent the like on eBay. I sent like the photo of the shirt to a couple of women and said, "Hey, is this a good look?" And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, I buy that. And so then I wanted to show them this is the first time I've worn it since I've had it. Actually, I'm going to have you take a full body picture of me when we're done. Jesus, Lord, dude. I'm still going to be dressed. What are we doing? God. What happened to this show? (laughs) Two minutes ago, we were like, dude, yeah, everything went well today. No problems. Now he's like, hey, take a full body picture of me. Sucks to be you, bro. I guess. I mean, what do you you want me to tell you? Tomorrow, second row seats for the WWE. That happens tomorrow on the program. Also, multiple opportunities for a trip out to Vegas. Again, another one happening very shortly. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning on Rock 106.9 and everywhere via iHeartRadio. You guys have an awesome afternoon. See you. Dan Stansberry. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit pigs. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9.